Welcome to the Whole Assistant Podcast. I'm your host, Annie Kroner. I'm an assistant who's passionate about our profession, and I'm also a certified coach who's invested in your success. You've come to the right place if you want to know what it looks like to stand in your power and achieve success as an assistant through from overwhelm and burnout. Now, on to today's episode. Hello, friends. I hope you are all having a lovely day. So today, I'm going to be talking about something that is very top of mind for me, Um, and we're going to be talking and discussing the beauty and the art of active failure. So I think one of my superpowers in life is my ability to actively go all in on something, intentionally go all in on something, believe in what I'm doing, um, and fail. And I know what some of you are thinking. Some of you are asking yourselves, how is failing a superpower? (laughs) Well, it is a superpower because I've gotten really great at recovery. I've gotten great at not beating myself up when I fail. I've been able to look at what went wrong as data points for the most part. And I typically brush myself off, get back up and keep on going. Now, that's not to say I don't feel all the feelings. It's not to say I don't experience shame or frustration or um, a sense of defeat whenever I feel because going all in on something and actively giving your be- giving it your best and still failing definitely comes with those feelings. But I am willing to feel anything to get the end result that I'm really after right? To get ultimate success, sometimes we have to be willing and able to feel those uncomfortable emotions of shame, of frustration, of disappointment, of letting ourselves down, of um, of feeling let down ourselves. It's just part of life, especially if you want to play big. So um, I call this a superpower because so many of us as assistants will avoid doing something if there's even the slightest chance of failure. And I know this is true because I used to be this exact same way. I used to be perfectionistic and I'm still a recovering perfectionist. So I still kind of tend, can tend to go back into perfection land from time to time. And I have to watch myself with this because it's not actually conducive to growth. It's not actually conducive to accomplishing anything that I want to accomplish in my life or in my career. And I've coached EAs who won't even set goals for themselves out of fear of failure. This is how much of perfectionist group we are as humans, for, by and large, for the most part. So I really want us to pay attention to what I'm about to say because it's kind of counterintuitive. We are so detail-oriented and we don't like to make mistakes ever, ever, ever. But here's the reality. We will make mistakes because we are all human. We are all humans. We are always going to make mistakes. And back in 2019, I made it my goal because I really wanted to kind of move past the perfectionist thing. And I also wanted to strengthen this failure muscle and develop this as a superpower, not failing by default or failing by being lazy or anything like that, but like actively going in on something I was new at or trying new things or putting myself out there. Um... And that just requires getting good at failure. If you're going to do big things, it just requires getting good at failing. 
And this is really relevant for us as assistants too, because if we really want to grow in our role, or we really have a passion for something, say even outside of our role, like art or acting, I've, I've coached a couple of assistants. One of my best girlfriends is an actress and she's also an actor and she's also, um, uh, an executive assistant to the CEO. And so we all have those passion projects. We all can see our lives in a different light. I'm not saying there's one trajectory or one path for success in life, but in order to actually go after those things, go after that promotion, go after that that uh, new role or that that salary increase or whatever, there's a level of risk involved. So getting good at actively trying something and being okay with failing at it, trying something new or trying something you will most likely fail at is a skill. And um, as I said before, it's kind of become my superpower. I've gotten really good at recovery (laughs) when I fail. And here's the deal. Back in 2019, I made it my goal to fail more. So I actually had a spreadsheet on my computer and I wanted to do, I don't know, let's see, 50 failures in the year. So I would write down something that I thought for sure somebody would come back to me and say, oh, that's a dumb idea, or oh, that's silly, or oh, whatever. And I'd write it down, and then I would report back. Now, the great thing about doing that is that there's a little bit of a dopamine hit when you're able to actually like write down the failure, right? When you actually actively try something and fail, Like we can get down on ourselves, but what I liked about actually creating a list and making it my goal to fail more was that I got a little bit of a dopamine hit whenever I would fail. And it would sting at first for sure. And I would feel all the feelings of the failure, but then I'd be like, this is really great because now now I'm one step closer to achieving my goal of failing 50 times throughout the year. And so that is something you may want to consider if you want to embrace the beauty and the art of actively failing more. So what do I mean when I say active failure? There's active failure and there's passive failure. With active failure, as I mentioned before, you go all in. You are trying your hardest. It may be something new. It may be something different or challenging, but you are going to give it your best. You believe that you have the possibility of succeeding or you're going, or you're trying, even though you may not think you can succeed, you are going all in and you fail, right? So an example of this is, I'm just thinking, oh, my last launch. So I launched a group coaching program. I went all in with it. It was just a new thing I was going to try. And I did not get as many signups as I had initially set out to get, right? I failed. Most people, if they looked at the numbers would say that that was a failure. But for me, that was data points, right? Like I could look at the data points and be like, okay, so this obviously didn't hit, right? This didn't land, right? Where am I missing my clients? How can I show up more for my clients that I already have? How can I offer more value to people? That sort of thing, right? So that's an example of actively failing at something. Passive failure is when you do nothing and fail by default. So say you have this like you have this dream of getting fit and healthy and you want to run uh, a half marathon or a marathon. And the time comes, you, you've got this deadline that you want to do, you want to run a marathon in say six months or a year, and you set the deadline for yourself and you actually don't take any steps to get fit. You don't take any steps to practice your running. You don't, you don't do any strength training exercises or anything like that. And you just don't do the thing. 
that is failing by default. And there's actually a term now that's kind of similar and it's called quiet quitting, right? Whenever we just kind of check out, check out, and we don't actually do the things that we know we need to do and to, in order to achieve the goal, it's called quiet quitting. Or I call it, I just call it passive failure. You aren't doing anything, so you fail by default. You don't apply for that job or ask for the raise or set the goals. Um, you don't ask that person out or start a healthy habit. <laughs> and this is often driven by perfectionism. If we don't think we can do it absolutely perfectly, we don't even take the risk of stepping out and trying it. And you quite literally fail in advance. Now, this is often driven by the thought, I don't want to fail, which is kind of funny because because we don't want to fail, we don't set the goal. And because we don't set the goal, we don't take action. And because we don't take action, we actually end up doing nothing. (laughs) And here is why failing in advance is so detrimental or passive failure is so detrimental. You'll never actually know what you are capable of. You'll never actually know what you're capable of. And ultimately, you're making a decision based out of fear. And whenever we make decisions based out of fear, it can't propel us forward or help us grow. Fear is the wet blanket on our growth. In order to actually level up, in order to actually grow in a meaningful way, sometimes we have to take risks, which means sometimes we are going to fail. So I just wanted to share a few ways of how to build active failure tolerance. Active failure tolerance. The first way or strategy is to put your situ- yourself in situations where you will most likely fail. Now, this is going to be funny because like, I, I actually wrote a post on LinkedIn and um, most people are like, oh, this is such a good way of thinking about this. I love that you keep track of all your failures as a way to kind of get a dopamine hit even when you do fail. Um, and then this one gal commented, this one assistant, and she's like, this is the worst idea ever. I cannot believe you make it a goal to fail more. I can. That's just the silliest, dumbest thing I've ever heard. I'm like, I hear you. I understand what you're saying, and I get it to a certain extent. But what I actually mean when I say that is that I put myself in situations where I will most likely fail. I like to try new things. I tend to ask for things that I don't think I'll get. And then what ends up happening more often than not is that inevitably I end up surprising myself. Like I'll, I'll put a pitch out there to somebody to come do a training and I'll think that was terrible. Nobody's ever going to hire me to do their training. And they circle back to schedule the training, right? Or, um, or perhaps like I'll never forget this time where I asked for like a $25,000 raise from my executive <laughs> and I went in above what I thought he was, he would give me expecting him to like dicker me down, but I got the amount that I had set out to get initially anyway, but I didn't, I didn't think that I would get what I was asking for. Right? Like that, that's a situation of a time where Asking for something you don't think you get, you you could possibly get, paid off. It was just an ask, you know? And I remember sitting there like I made the ask and I didn't redact it. My And there was like this long, silent pause. And I was like literally sitting on my hands telling myself not to say anything. And you just sit here, don't say anything. Don't take it back or say, well, I don't really need that much. But if you could do better on my salary, nothing like that. No, I, I gave a number and I sat back and I closed my mouth. And I think that discomfort 
Like when you get used to that feeling of discomfort and you get used to asking for things you don't think you'll get and you get used to actually being told no a few times, that muscle strengthens. It does. Um, So put yourself in situations where you will most likely fail. Take the risk. Go for the thing. Ask the person out. Do the thing that scares the crap out of you and where you'll most likely feel like an idiot. And just know that the worst thing that can come from it is a feeling, is an emotion. And this is where I feel like I have come a really long way. I don't avoid the emotions that are tricky or challenging. I don't avoid shame. I don't avoid feeling like a like a jerk. I don't avoid feeling like an idiot or stupid or anything like that anymore just because I just know that it'll be passing. It'll be fleeting. And I've also learned what it means to have my own back, right? So by have my own back, I mean I always know that I'm going to be there to pick myself up and I'm going to keep moving forward. I just know that about myself. And I largely know that about myself because I've been on the ground so much, because I've fallen down so much, because I've made the mistakes, I've taken the risks, I've done the things that have strengthened that muscle and that resilience, right? So I think it's totally okay when we make mistakes to wallow, but just give it five to 10 and then get up and keep on going. Because otherwise, we're stepping out of our power, we're giving our power to that thing, and we're actually becoming less less productive in our roles, less productive as an assistant, less helpful, less valuable as an assistant whenever we end up spinning out on those things and it takes us out of the work that we're working on, right? So um, this is what I mean when I say put yourself in situations where you'll most likely fail. So I also want to just tell one more story with regards to this. So um, trying new things, like I... I have been a longtime salsa dancer ever since college. Um, I love to social dance. I love salsa. I love merengue. I love bachata. I love cumbia. All of it. I love all of it. But I could never find a tango class. So when I moved to Denver, I'm like, I found they had a tango class. And I was like super excited. It was really close to where I was living. Walked up to the tango class. And that stuff is like tango is a difficult dance to learn. It is not easy. And I would go to the class and I would sit up afterwards in the practice area. And I would literally, again, sit on my hands and wait for some poor sap to ask me to dance, knowing that it was going to be a miserable experience for him (laughs) just so that I could become a better tango dancer. And they say that you're actually a beginner tango dancer for the first 10 years of dancing. Now, I'm sure for some of us, that's not true. But for me, for the most part, it kind of feels that way. And I haven't been dancing in a few years. It's my goal to get back to dancing this year, which is just so much fun. But I know when I go back, I'm going to have all the feelings about, you know, how much I've kind of lost my skill as a tango dancer over the last couple of years of having babies and COVID and all of that, right? So I just know that in advance. But that's not going to stop me from still going. That's not going to stop me from trying the thing. That's not going to stop me from from taking the first step. That's not going to stop me from still allowing others to ask me to dance. And the kind of the fun thing about the tango community is that you want to dance a third of your dances with somebody who is less skilled than you are. And that helps the community grow. That helps that person grow. You want to dance a third of your dances with somebody who is at your same skill level. And then you want to dance a third of your dances with somebody who is better than you are so that you can improve your skill level. 
So I love this whole communal idea that people are going to suck and it's okay and we're going to build them up and we're going to bring them up and you as a dancer are going to suck and that's okay and we're going to build you up and we're going to bring you up, right? So I realize that it may be uncomfortable at times to like not be good at something. I get that. Um, But the only way we get good at the thing is by taking the risk and actually doing the thing. So that's the first strategy is to put yourself in situations where you will most likely fail. And the second strategy is to decide that you won't beat yourself up regardless of the outcome. So often, as I mentioned before, you may surprise yourself. You may not suck as much as you think you do. You may not be as awful as you think you are. (laughs) Or you may fall flat on your face in a room full of people. But here's the deal. We aren't going to beat ourselves up regardless of the outcome. I just made the decision for myself that like I am not going to talk to myself in any way that I wouldn't talk to my best friend. And I kind of slip up on this from time to time because like I said before, I am a perfectionist, um, kind of recovering perfectionist, but I've, I've made strides in this area. I will not beat myself up regardless of the outcome. And then the third kind of uh, way to build active failure tolerance is that you get to decide what you make failure mean. You get to decide what you make failure mean. If you make failure mean that you're the worst person in the world and you should never try that again and what were you thinking and you kind of tend to beat yourself up, that is one option. Or you can look at failure as where you are at this point in time and view where you went wrong as data points. View where you went wrong as data points. So now that you have that information you can take it forward and improve it for the next time, right? And as I mentioned before, the worst thing you will likely ever experience when you fail is an uncomfortable emotion, shame, embarrassment, frustration, annoyance with yourself, all completely normal when you fail and all live throughable. Like we can do hard things. We can deal with the uncomfortable emotion, right? And then the uh, third thing that I will say, let's see, so let me just review here. So how to build active failure tolerance. Put yourself in situations where you will most likely fail. Decide that you won't beat yourself up regardless of the outcome. You get to decide what you make failure mean. And then fourth, ditch the perfectionism. I really want us all to become more aware of the perfectionism and... I think so many of us wear perfectionism as a badge of honor, but perfectionism is holding you back in so many ways. So I really want you to examine how perfectionism is really playing a role in your life. And just also just know that perfectionism will rob you of excellence if you let it. Perfectionism will rob you of excellence if you let it. And then last but not least, allow yourself to go all in. Allow yourself to actually believe that you can do it and then to fail and then to bounce back. It really is a muscle. That resilience piece really is a muscle. The art of failure, of actively putting yourself in a situation where you will most likely fail and then having your own back and bouncing back from that, it is a muscle, which means that you're, you're most likely not going to be good at it at first. It's not most likely not going to feel great. 
it never, it never feels great, even to me. And I've been practicing it for a long time. As I said before, I feel like it's a superpower of mine <laughs> to fail and to bounce back. But I always carry the lesson forward. And I just know that it is a muscle that will serve me long term if I want to live this life to the fullest and I want to take my career higher and higher and higher, right? So that is what I have for you guys today. I also just want to share, if you're listening to this podcast as it comes out, that on May 19th, Melissa Peoples will be in Denver, Colorado with me and we are going to be doing a day of training and you guys are going to walk away with your unique game plan for success geared towards you, geared towards your values, geared towards what you want out of your career. And so you'll walk away with unique strategies that you can implement right away. So go to wholeassistant.com slash ea-revolution-denver, wholeassistant.com slash ea-revolution-denver to learn more about this event, or you can just reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm posting about it on LinkedIn for the next couple weeks uh, while registration is still open. So please join us. I would love to meet you. We're also going to have a little mixer the night before to get to know one another and to just spend some time in fellowship with one another. Uh, And so you can get to know Melissa, you can get to know me. And so, yeah, I'm really excited about what is coming up at Whole Assistant. And thank you all so much for listening. I hope you have a lovely day. Be intentional, be whole. That is all for now. I help assistants apply the concepts I share on this podcast. If you're ready to take your growth deeper and you're curious whether working with me in a coaching capacity is right for you, please email me at annie at wholeassistant.com to schedule your complimentary discovery call. 